Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, September 1st, and you're tuned in to the weekly edition of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm Brother Alan Weir, and I'm your host for this podcast. If you're a regular listener, we welcome you back, and we're glad you're here. And if you are a first-time listener, the Parents of, Podca- Parents of Prodigals podcast is a weekly, a weekly live call-in program dedicated to prayer, intercession, supplication, and petition for the unsaved children that we love so much, our prodigal sons and daughters. And I've said before, some of our prodigal sons and daughters are teenagers. Maybe that one time they were involved in the church, and as time passed and they got older, they may have lost interest in the things of God or perhaps have been lured away by peers or other things. Some of our prodigals are adults, and living their own lives and working and raising their families, and those are blessed things. However, the pressures of life and the preoccupations of life have sidetracked them from serving the Lord. And so we take this time on a weekly basis to pray, intercede, and petition the Lord on behalf of our prodigal sons and daughters who have maybe backslidden, wandered from the faith, or perhaps have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And many times we as parents or caretakers of prodigals, we listen to the news and we see the way things are in the world. And we can clearly see, as I've said many times in previous podcasts, that we are not living in the last days, but these are the last moments, the last seconds. And with things escalating in the world, things getting worse and worse, all these things were predicted in Scripture. They shouldn't take either you or I by surprise if we are Bible-believing Christians, but all these things were foretold in the Word of God, the infallible, inerrant Word of God, the Bible. And the next event on the biblical calendar, we all know, is the rapture. And that's the moment when the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. But we who are alive and remain will meet them in the air. It's the great taking up of all those of us who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. will be snatched from this world this evil and sinful world, will be taken up, harpazoed, in the Greek, as my pastor, Pastor Robert Feliciano says often, and we'll all be taken up in the air, and immediately after the rapture, there'll be a horrible seven-year period of time called the tribulation period, when God will pour his judgments on the earth. This is not a fairy tale. This is really going to happen. And the rapture is really going to happen. And I mention all this because we don't want our loved ones, our sons and daughters, to be left behind when the rapture takes place. We don't want them to face the awful time of judgment. But even aside from that, we don't want our loved ones to live Christless lives. You know, Psalm 1 mentions that the ungodly are like chaff, the straw that farmers toss into the air and the wind blows away. And that's a picture of instability, insecurity, a fruitless life that has no meaning and has no eternity. But if we pray and seek the Lord for the salvation of our prodigal sons and daughters, they'll be given eternal life, they'll be forgiven of their sins and be given eternal life to spend eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ and with us. And so this 
podcast is dedicated to praying for our prodigal sons and daughters. It is a live podcast where we encourage you, the listener, to call in and share your insights, share your testimonies. But more than anything, if you have a prayer request for an unsaved son or daughter, we would love to hear from you and lift them up to the throne of grace. You can either call in or you can instant message your prayer request and I will see it on the screen. And we will pray for your prodigal son and daughter that the Lord deliver them and save them. Touch their heart and open up their mind to the gospel. So before we go any further, let's have a word of prayer as we begin our podcast. Our Lord and our God, we thank you so much for this short period of time, this one hour period of time that we have to fellowship, to share, to pray, to edify one another. And Lord, first and foremost, we want to ask you for forgiveness. If there's anything we may have said or done or thought, an attitude, a word, maybe we've treated someone in a way that wasn't pleasing to you, not living our lives worthy of our calling, we ask, humbly ask, Lord, for mercy and grace and forgiveness of our sins. Cleanse us from any and all unrighteousness. Forgive us for falling short, which I'm sure all of us have had today, Lord God. Not a day goes by when in some way, shape, or form we don't fail you, but your word also says that your mercies are new every day. And so we ask for your forgiveness and your cleansing from sin. And Lord, we ask and we thank you for this forgiveness, but we also ask that you bless this time of fellowship between myself and those who are tuned in. Let whatever is shared and said during this podcast be from you by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Put burning coals on each of our tongues Lord God, so that we say what's edifying, honorable, and pleasing to you, Lord God. If anyone's listening to this podcast who needs encouragement, let this be a time of encouragement, strengthening, and comfort. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again... My name is Brother Alan Weir, and I want to welcome all of you to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. And as always, we want to start our podcast with a short devotional time, a time when we share scripture and an insight that's meant to encourage and strengthen. And many of the times, if not most of the time, the devotionals that I'll be sharing will be from my own personal devotions. And I always try to tie them in to the topic of prodigalism and the desire we have to see our loved ones saved. And the title of this Thursday evening devotional is Warfare for Our Prodigals. Warfare for Our Prodigals. You know, many previous devotions have focused on comfort and strength for those who are weary and anxious as we pray and intercede for our prodigal loved ones. But there's another dimension to the prayers that we lift up before the Lord for our prodigal sons and daughters. And that is the side of warfare. Because prayer and intercession is not just coming before the Lord with our hands clasped on our knees and asking God for grace and strength and mercy. But it's also warfare. A time when we have to confront the powers of darkness that are binding our prodigal sons and daughters. They are in bondage to perhaps a variety of things, drug addiction, alcoholism, alternative lifestyles, maybe bitterness or anger, pleasure, money, whatever it may be. Prayer is also warfare. And it is a fight to the death because our enemy, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angel, he will take no prisoners. The word of God says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
and he has no intention of taking anyone prisoner. He wants to kill our loved ones and see them in a Christless grave. And so our devotion tonight focuses on warfare for our prodigals. Our text is going to be from the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Joshua, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. And while you're looking for that text in your Bible, I want to provide a brief background. The book of Joshua picks up after Moses goes to be with the Lord, Joshua takes over. The Lord appoints Joshua to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Now, when they left Egypt after being in bondage, they could have entered the promised land much sooner. But because of their grumbling and complaining and their frequent wandering away from the Lord, God saw fit to have them spend 40 years in the wilderness until that generation of grumblers and complainers had died out. And after 40 years, a new generation was going to be led into the promised land. God had to do away with the sin and the sinfulness of the grumbling generation. A 40-year period of testing. And many times the Lord has to take us to a period of wilderness so that the parts of our lives that are sinful will die out. And after those parts die out, after he purges us of any vices or anything that we have that's interfering with our walk with him, after he purges us of those things, then we can enter the promised land of blessing. And Joshua is about to lead them into the promised land. However, there's one obstacle to entering the promised land. Actually, there are seven of them. The promised land that the children of Israel were going to enter is inhabited by seven nations, every single one of them completely evil. So seven nations occupy the promised land that God had bequeathed to the children of Israel. And these seven nations were the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, and the Gershusites. And these seven nations, as evil and wicked as they were, were not at warfare with one another. But they would soon be in warfare with the nation of Israel. And it's no coincidence that there are seven nations, that the number seven is chosen. It could have been three nations, it could have been four. But the number seven is a particular number. In scripture, the number seven is symbolic of completion and perfection. Many times in a positive sense. The world was created in six days. And on day seven, the Lord rested and sanctified it and made it holy. Seven also denotes the completion at the crucifixion. Jesus made seven statements when he was on the cross. And the last being the telesatai, which means it's completed. It is finished. Everything that the Lord needed to do for our salvation has been completed. Seven also has a connection to the number of times that we're supposed to forgive others. Seven times 70. But seven, on a more ominous note, also stands for some negative things. It's still the number of totality and completion, but in some ominous ways. In the book of Revelation, there are seven trumpet plagues. There are seven seals of judgment. And the tribulation, that seven-year period of time, when God's judgment will be poured out on the earth. That's a seven-year period of time. And so we see the number seven carefully chosen to symbolize that these seven nations that were going to oppose the children of Israel represented total opposition to victory. Total opposition to victory. And so we'll read from the first chapter of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. 
And no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. And be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. And this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. In our key verse for our devotion is verse 9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. There are four key words that are particular to verse 9, but they're also mentioned earlier in the text that we read. And these four words, I believe, are tied in to the idea of whenever we do warfare for our prodigals. We face total opposition to victory from the enemy who doesn't want to see our loved ones saved. These seven nations, all of them, each one had a particular evil characteristic about them. But that's a topic for another study, which we will get into perhaps next week or the week after. Each nation had a particular characteristic of evil that was unique to them. And as we pray and seek the Lord, even witness interceding for our prodigal sons and daughters, there was complete and total opposition to victory from the enemy who doesn't want to see our loved ones saved. But the Lord speaks to Joshua and tells him to proceed forward into the promised land of victory where he can claim the blessing and our blessing will be the salvation of our loved ones. There are four particular words that the Lord mentions to Joshua. There are two things he tells him to do, and there are two things he tells him not to do. First, he tells him to be strong, to be strong. And the word in Hebrew is hazak. It's a command that's given to soldiers before they enter battle. And when used twice, as it is used here in verse 9 and I believe in verse 5, anytime you see that word used twice in the Hebrew, it stands in the plural for we will be strong and prevail. And that's what the Lord was telling Joshua, that together with the Lord's help, they will be prevailing victory for what they're going after. But the word hazak, Hebrew for strong also means not to be swayed, not to be weak, weak-minded, perhaps swayed by circumstances or swayed by overwhelming odds. And so the Lord tells Joshua to be strong, to hazak. The second thing he tells Joshua to do is to be courageous. And the Hebrew word for courageous in this passage is the word Ahmetz, Ahmetz. That also is a military command. It means to hold your ground, even against overwhelming odds and apparent great risk. And you know, many times the enemy will oppose us as we pray and intercede and try to win our loved one's attention by praying for them. And it's the Holy Spirit that will draw them to to the foot of the cross. What we need to do is to lift Christ before them, take every opportunity as the Lord provides to speak to them and continue in prayer. We need to hold our ground. We need to be Ahmed's courageous. 
And there are times when we're interceding in prayer, when the enemy will put fear in our hearts and minds. We need to be courageous and hold our ground in prayer. Men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. We need to be Ahmeds. We need to be Hazak, strong. We need to prevail and not be swayed by any overwhelming odds. And we need to be courageous, Ahmeds. Hold our ground as we pray. Tells Joshua that there are two things he needs to do or not to do. Forgive me. He tells him not to fear. He tells Joshua not to fear. The Hebrew word is aratz. Aratz. And that's to be suddenly alarmed or struck with dread. I'm sure when the children of Israel crossed over into the promised land and they were made aware that they faced seven nations, seven powerful nations, they may have been aretz, alarmed and struck with sudden dread that this is what they had to face if they were going to conquer the promised land. But they had the Lord's promise that he would be with them and not to be fearful, not to be struck with alarm and dread by what seemed to be overwhelming odds. He also told them not to be dismayed. And the Hebrew word for dismayed is chatach, chatach. Hebrew and Greek are picture languages, and many words stand for pictures. And it's interesting because this word dismayed is the picture of the breaking of a bow. The breaking of a bow. When they entered the promised land, according to scripture, they had about 40,000 warriors, 40,000 men, but it was not a standing army. These seven nations were well-equipped, well-armed. They had chariots. And so he told them not to be dismayed. Chameth, the breaking of a bow. But Chatath also stands for ground that is cracked by dry weather. When heat and hot weather hit the ground and there is no rain, the ground can crack because there is no refreshment. And so we have the Lord telling Joshua to not allow what appeared to be overwhelming odds, to sap him of his strength, to weaken him, to sap him of any refreshment he had spiritually, but to move forward and conquer the promised land. And so when we pray and intercede for our loved ones, they may be in the land of these seven nations, seven evil nations, the totality of total opposition to victory. But we need to move forward in courage and in strength, in Hazak and Hametz, as we pray and intercede for our prodigal sons and daughters, not allowing what may appear to be overwhelming odds. It may be they're in bondage to something that we think God can't handle, that is a lie from the enemy. He puts those lies into our minds so we won't have confidence in the Lord. We need to cross over into the promised land of victory and conquer whatever satanic enemies and challenge them and overcome them through prayer and intercession, perhaps even fasting, so we can bind the strong man. And like I've said before, when Abraham heard that Lot was a prisoner, he assembled warriors and entered the enemy's camp and freed Lot. And that's what you and I may need to do. That's what we probably have to do. We need to go into warfare, prayerful warfare for our prodigals, rebuking the powers of darkness, casting them out of the lives of our loved ones, claiming deliverance, pleading the blood of Christ over our loved ones. And so I want to share with you, anyone listening who has a prodigal son and daughter that you're praying for, do not fear. Do not be alarmed or struck with dread if your prodigal loved one is embedded in some sin or it seems that they won't get saved. Don't be dismayed either. Don't lose your sense of spiritual refreshment, but move forward. Be strong. Prevail in prayer. Stand your ground. 
no matter what the odds look like, you and I shall overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray without ceasing, being anxious for nothing. Let us not be fearful. Let's cross over into the land and conquer the satanic enemies that have our loved ones in bondage and claim them for Christ. They will get saved. But you and I need to proceed forward. We need to go into warfare for our prodigal sons and daughters. And that's the word I wanted to share with you at this time. Warfare for our prodigals. It's essential that we do that. I myself am the parent of two prodigal children, a son and a daughter who have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I myself, many times the enemy tries to make me fearful or dismayed. But then we have God's promise that he will hear our prayers. The word of God says that those who trust in the Lord will not be put to shame. We won't be disappointed. And because of that, we can not be aratz and chatech. We don't have to be fearful or dismayed. We can be strong, hazek, and courageous, ahmetz. Let's all of us proceed forward and pray for our loved ones, interceding for them, fasting for them, going into spiritual warfare in prayer. We will see our loved ones saved. But this will probably be a bloody fight against the forces of evil. They are not going to let them go easily. You and I both know that. They want to hang on to them. And so we have to pry them loose through prayer, supplication, and fasting. The scripture mentioned someone who was possessed in the Bible and the disciples, the followers of Christ, asked the Lord, why couldn't they cast this evil spirit out? And Jesus had replied that this type only goes by prayer and fasting. It may take a fast to break the stronghold that your prodigal son and daughter is in. Let it be so. Let's enter into warfare. We're approaching the halfway mark of our Parents of Prodigals podcast. And again, I want to remind you that this is a live program and we would look forward to anyone who wants to chime in live and share an insight and share a testimony perhaps. Something you have to say may be an encouragement to someone who's listening and facing a situation of a prodigal son and daughter who needs salvation. If you have a prayer request, you can either call in live and we will touch and agree and unite in prayer with you. If you wish to remain anonymous, if you call in, you don't have to disclose your name. If you don't want to reveal any details, that's fine too. We will respect your privacy, your confidentiality, and it is not our wish to make anyone uncomfortable. You can also instant message your prayer request in if you don't want to call in and if you instant message your prayer request we will lift it up before the throne of grace and we will honor it and bring it before the lord at this time as we approach the halfway mark of our podcast we're going to take a musical interlude We always try to choose musical numbers that edify, comfort, strengthen, encourage those who are listening. And when we come back after our musical interlude, there is a prayer I want to say for a brother in Christ who is very dear to me. Uh, He's been instrumental in putting this podcast together. In fact, I am not a technical person, but this brother in the Lord has supplied most of the equipment for this podcast and has mentored and shown me how to go about doing this podcast. The Holy Spirit laid it upon my heart 
to begin this podcast and this brother in Christ, I believe the Lord used to help me. Without him and without the Lord, of course, this podcast would not be on the air. But right now he's facing a difficult time. And when we return after our musical interlude, I want you to join me as we lift him up in prayer. So we will have our musical interlude and then we shall return for a time of prayer for a dear brother in Christ and the rest of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. Have you ever tried to measure just one sin, seeking forgiveness when your heart knows within? Our God will not judge us.
We are back with the continuation of the Parents of Prodigals podcast. We welcome you back after our brief musical interlude. As I said before, there is a brother in Christ that I want to lift up in prayer, that I'd like you to join me as we lift up in prayer, who has been instrumental in 
putting this podcast together through his technical knowledge, the blessing of the knowledge that this brother has. But after we pray for this brother, we do have a prayer request which came in for a son, a son who was in bondage. We spoke about that earlier. And so we're going to unite in prayer for this young man in a few moments. This brother in Christ that I mentioned prior is Brother Jamie. And he is the brother in Christ from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, who was instrumental in putting this podcast together through the technical knowledge that God has blessed him with. And he spoke to him not too long ago, and it came to my attention that he is having some health issues. And it is a burden that I have to lift him up in prayer before the throne of grace so we can lift him up and pray for his his health. He is having trouble sleeping. And of course, we all know that lack of sleep can affect a person in many ways and cause many health issues. And so we have these prayer requests for my brother Jamie and this young man, the son of a parent, who instant message that we pray for him as he is in bondage. So join me as we lift up these two souls before the throne of grace in prayer, petition, supplication, and thanksgiving. But also as we enter into warfare against the enemy who wants to keep Brother Jamie ill and want to keep this young man, his name is Edgar, in bondage. Join me in prayer, please, right now. Join me in warfare right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord God, we humbly come before you again, Lord. And we thank you for the privilege of coming before you in prayer, Lord God, before the throne of grace. Your word says, who can ascend into your holy hill? Who can come before your presence? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. And so we ascend to the holy hill. We come before you, Lord God, with these two prayer requests, Heavenly Father. We pray first for our brother Jamie, Lord. You see what a blessing, what a blessed brother he is, Lord God. Your servant, Lord. But you also see the health issues that he's having, Heavenly Father. And you see what he's going through, Lord God. Father, I pray, we pray, we touch and agree that whatever medical condition he has, whatever ailment he has, Lord God, like in the fourth chapter of Acts, Lord God, you stretch forth your hand and with healing power, heal my brother Jamie of whatever ailment is in his life right now, Lord God. This ailment of not being able to get a good night's sleep, Heavenly Father. Lord, your word says in the Psalms that we lay down and slept in peace because the Lord sustained us. Your word mentions several times that we can sleep in peace, Lord God, because you sustain us and you guard us, Lord God. And so, Lord, we petition you, we ask you, Lord, that you grant our brother Jamie a restful and peaceful night's sleep, Lord God. Whatever he's going through, whatever physical ailment this is, that you bring healing to his body. If it's stressing him out, bring healing to his mind. And Lord, we just confront the powers of darkness right now in the name of Jesus. Again, your word says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's health, physical life, spiritual life, Lord God. The enemy just wants to destroy 
those of us who are serving the Lord, harass us, bother us, see us suffer. And we're not going to have any of it, Lord God. We call it out and we tell it to flee in the name of Jesus. Spirit of infirmity, the spirit that is troubling our brother Jamie. We cast it away, we confront it. We enter the promised land as we face the total opposition, Lord God, that wants to oppose us in prayer. Well, we confront it and we challenge it in the name of Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we claim healing for Brother Jamie. Heal his physical body, Lord God, of whatever ailment this is. If he's going for tests, Lord God, let these tests, Lord God, let these tests work out, Heavenly Father. Give Brother Jamie peace, tranquility, strength, comfort, encouragement, and most of all, physical healing, Lord God. Let him touch the hem of your garment and receive the healing that he needs, Heavenly Father. We ask this in Jesus' name, Lord God, and we thank you for that healing and for the blessing on his life, Lord God. Strengthen him and encourage him. If he's feeling down, you are the lifter of our heads, Lord God. Lift my brother Jamie's head up in encouragement. Lift his head up above the water of discouragement and strengthen him. Strengthen this dear brother and strong and dedicated and committed man of God. Bless him, Lord God, and his family. And Lord, right now we want to lift up this young man, Edgar. We received this prayer request, Lord, from his mother, saying that he is in bondage. And Lord God, this is what the enemy wants, to hold our loved ones in bondage, our sons and daughters, the same way Lot was held in bondage in the enemy camp. But Lord, we're going to get a band of angels together. And the band of brothers and sisters who are with me right now, uniting in prayer, we're arming ourselves with the word of God, with the sword of the spirit, and with the shield of faith. And with these weapons of offense and defense, we enter the enemy's camp right now in the name of Jesus, where Edgar is being held. Whatever he's in bondage to, Lord God, if he's in bondage to drug addiction, free him. If he's in bondage to alcoholism, if he's in bondage to illicit lifestyle, if he's in bondage to, to pleasure, he may be in bondage, of course, and not even know it. He may be enjoying his life and believe he has years and years ahead of him. Lord, we pray for Edgar's salvation. We pray, first of all, that you open up his eyes to the truth so that he sees truth. We pray that you open up Edgar's ears so that he hears the truth, maybe through a co-worker, through a Christian song, or maybe someone will witness to him. Open up his ears so that he hears the truth, not just physically, but more than that, open up his heart. After he hears it physically, let him hear it spiritually. Open up his heart to receive the truth, Lord God. Let your word fall on good ground. Don't let the enemy snatch any witnessing, any gospel message that come to Edgar's ears. Lord, bring someone into Edgar's life who will witness to him. Maybe it's a song, Lord God, a gospel track that someone gives him. Don't give Edgar any rest, Lord. Trouble his heart so that he is spurred to turn to you, Heavenly Father. Nothing's more important than the salvation of a soul, Lord God. And it's a scary thing to say this, Lord, but I've said it before when it comes to my own children, and we've said it many times. Do what it takes to save Edgar. Heavenly Father, free him from bondage. And Lord, as you open up his, his mind so that he receives the gospel, as you open up his ears so that he listens, and you open up his heart so that the word falls on good ground and he receives it, open up his mouth so that ultimately he confesses you as Lord of his life and surrenders his life to you 
It's a difficult thing, Lord God, to admit you're a sinner, to humble yourself. Many men are too proud, but Lord, Kazakh him, Lord God. Bring him to the foot of the cross. Do what it takes to break any stubborn self-will that exists. We rebuke the forces of darkness that have him in bondage. We plead the blood of Christ over Edgar right now. Say, deliver him, Lord God. Deliver him from bondage. Save his soul. Make him a man of God. Let him confess his sin. Let him see his need for you, Heavenly Father. Save Edgar. Put snares before the enemy, Heavenly Father. Lord God, enemy forces are at work to keep him from getting saved. Will we dispatch our own angelic forces through the power of prayer? This is a fight to the death. And we challenge these forces and we go to war against them. And we claim Edgar for the kingdom of God. Lord, save him. Give him ears to hear, eyes to see. Give Edgar a heart of flesh in the name of Jesus and break the chains of bondage that have him tied to whatever lie he's listening to. Save Edgar. Save him, Lord God. Save him. Do what it takes to save him, Lord God. And we look for the testimony of his salvation. We don't know when it's going to happen, Lord. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen next week. We don't know, Lord, but you have the perfect time in the perfect way. We trust you right now. We are trusting you with Edgar's life and his soul. He's in your hands, Lord God. And we touch and agree and we pray for his parents, Heavenly Father, that you give them the peace that passes all understanding. Give them a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Drop the assurance of answered prayer into their hearts and minds. Everything is under control. You have it in hand, Lord. Let his parents know. Let Edgar's parents know, Lord, through the power of your spirit, through the comfort and encouragement of your Holy Spirit, that everything is going to be okay, and they can watch the road. They will see Edgar on it. He is a prodigal that will come to the Lord. Strengthen Edgar's parents. Encourage them. Comfort them. Give them peace, the peace that passes all understanding in the assurance of answered prayer. We thank you, Lord God, that this prayer has already been answered. It's in the works, Lord God. It's in the works. You never stop working, and you're working now. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're coming to the near closing of our program. I want to share something with you, a scripture and an insight. I'm going to be reading from Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. And then the man from heaven said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. You know, there have been many books written about people who have had out-of-body or near-death experiences and some of these people say they've been to heaven or they've been to hell or they have spent some time in eternity. And these are interesting revelations and it's not for me to say which one is true or not true. But the passage of scripture that I read, this is a glimpse of heavenly activity that we can be sure is definitely 100% true. After Daniel prayed for three weeks for understanding of the vision he had seen, an angel appeared before him with some answers. And this certain man, an angel, revealed to Daniel that he had set out from heaven on the first day of Daniel's prayers. God heard Daniel's prayers the moment they were uttered. 
but this angel had been obstructed by a demonic spirit, the prince of Persia, for 21 days. And that is the entire three weeks that Daniel was praying. He prayed for three weeks, and for three weeks there was spiritual warfare. And the spiritual warfare took place between heaven and earth, delaying the answers to these prayers. And Jesus taught his disciples to pray and not to lose heart. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And so I want to encourage you to let's leave the timing of God's answers to him. And let's imitate Daniel. Let's pray and not lose heart. There are things going on when we pray that we don't know are going on. The minute we pray for our loved ones, God hears our prayers. And as we pray for our prodigal sons and daughters and their salvation, he's heard our prayers the moment they came out of our mouths. And he sees the faith that we have, that we believe that they'll be answered. But God has his own timing and his own way of doing things. And so we need to have complete trust in the process and commit the situation to the Lord. He is working. He is working on behalf of our prodigal sons and daughters. And so as we come to the close of our podcast, I want to say a closing prayer, and I want all of you to join me at this time. Heavenly Father, I thank you. We thank you for this brief time of fellowship, prayer, intercession, scripture sharing, ironing, sharpening iron, and spiritual warfare on behalf of our prodigal sons and daughters, Lord God. And right now, I just want to touch and agree with anyone who's listening to this podcast who has a prodigal son and daughter or perhaps is a guardian of a prodigal son and daughter, that you grant us all peace, Lord God. Help us not to doubt that the things we're praying for will come to pass. Help us, Lord God, not to be fearful or dismayed, but to be strong and courageous, Heavenly Father. Praying without ceasing, being anxious for nothing, Lord God, but by everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, we make the request for our prodigal sons and daughters' salvation known to you. And after we make these prayers known to you, your peace that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And Lord, help us also, Lord God, to enter warfare boldly. Lord God, help us not to be afraid to rebuke demonic forces, Lord God. There are demonic forces at work, and we need to have courage and strength and fortitude and boldness as we come to challenge them. We can rebuke these evil powers. We can take authority over them, Lord God. And we can claim our loved ones for you, Heavenly Father. So, Lord Help us not to be fearful or dismayed, but help us to be strong and courageous, like Joshua. Help us to daily gather strength by reading your word, meditating on your word, living your word, Lord God. And as we continue to pray for our prodigal sons and daughters, Heavenly Father, help us to persevere, always praying and not fainting, never growing weak, not letting the enemy discourage us from continuing in prayer, but always remaining steadfast, trusting in you, believing in you, having complete confidence that we will see our prodigal sons and daughters come to a saving knowledge of Christ, being filled with the Spirit and spending eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen. As always, we will be back next week, September 8th at 7 p.m. with the next Parents of Prodigals podcast. But until then, I want to encourage all of you to pray without ceasing, stand firm in the faith, and most of all, 
Watch the road. Your prodigal son and daughter. My prodigal son and daughter. Our prodigal sons and daughters. We'll be on that road. God bless. Good night. And we'll see you next week.